Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yotus B, welcome to the sport of we're back. Baby, John's here. Hi, John. Hi, Brandon. Stuart is also here. Hello, Newman. Hey, guys. Uh, how's it going? It's going okay, Stu. Uh, we've got a lot of sports to talk about, which is oh, pretty man, weird. Oh, man, do we have sports. It's, we have uh, so many sports to talk about. We've been doing this podcast for 18, 19 years now um, since we were uh, but we grade children. And the mid-February is usually where we either don't podcast at all or just talk about a bunch of bullshit that has nothing to do with sports because there's really nothing going on. So that was kind of what we planned on uh, this February, as per usual. Uh, and then a bunch of sports news happened. Crazy sports news. So uh, so we have to talk about it. And I think we should start, we have to start, um, as per John's command, with the uh, Minnesota Wild. John, Bur- just what Bursting at the seams. What has happened with the Minnesota Wild? First, just tell us <laughs> what happened and catch us up, and then you can get into your thoughts on it, because I think we need to report the news here and then get into the commentary. Right. Reporting the reporting the very old news, the Wild traded uh, Jason Zucker to the Pittsburgh Penguins for a prospect and a pick, and maybe the most disappointing player in the entire league. And a couple of days afterwards, they fired Coach Bruce Boudreau. And the second of, the second of those two things is more or less what I want to talk about. The Zucker trade was disappointing. Uh, he's long been the sportive's favorite player. Back when we used to talk about giving the keys to the kids, the main kid that we wanted to have the keys was Jason Zucker, and he he never really seemed to get the responsibility or the respect that he deserved with the Wild. They always seemed to put any number of aging and slow wingers above him on the power play and that sort of thing, and I always thought that was a bad move, and now he's scored, I think, he, he's playing on Sidney Crosby's wing, and he has either three goals in four games or four goals in three games since he joined the Penguins. So at least he's happy. We're happy for him. He's going to be happy. As long as he's playing next to Crosby, he'll score 50 goals a season, and everything will be fine for him. But it was explicable in the sense that the Wild, as we've talked about every podcast, from going back to that first one that Brandon mentioned, is that they were old and a little short on prospects and so the idea of getting Pittsburgh's first round pick and a decent prospect not a world beating prospect but a decent prospect and then another guy which maybe they could trade for a low pick 
here in the next 10 days uh, was not a bad idea. It was regrettable that it was Zucker, but you could at least understand it. But the thing that particularly confused me was they turned around and they'd had a pretty good run, and then all of a sudden Bill Guerin decided that now, right as the Wild really needed to make a push for the playoffs, was the time to fire the coach. And that, I think, of all the things I don't understand, I particularly don't understand the timing. It 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 makes sense that you hire a new GM, he's going to want to bring in a coach that he knows, a coach that he likes, a coach that he's responsible for. That's pretty common, and all that kept Paul Fenton from firing Boudreaux last year was that the owner basically said, I don't trust you enough to actually pick a coach, so we're just going to stick with the coach that we know is good, rather than you letting letting you hire someone. And as it turned out, given all the moves that Fenton made, that was a pretty good decision. But when they brought Garen in, everyone thought, well, Boudreaux is not too long for this world. And they he didn't fire him at the start of the year, which maybe he didn't have a good plan in place. And he didn't fire him after they started 1-7 and seven or whatever they started. And so... At that point, I think everyone sort of thought, well, his contract's up after this year. They'll just, they'll get through this year and then let him go and everybody will be happy. But fire him now just makes no sense whatsoever. It was like designed to light a fire under the team, except the whole team was already pissed at Boudreaux because he'd finally given up on the country club and was starting to play the kids. And I, I just, I don't understand it. And ultimately, you look at the problems that the Wild has. By the way, before this podcast started, Brandon and Stu talked about how they were going to take a break and I was just going to go on a stem winder, and it's absolutely happening. And I realized that, podcast listener. So know that what you're getting here is the abridged version. Um, the thing that's been wrong with the Wild the whole season, and everyone knows it, is that their goaltending is terrible. I, I looked up some numbers right before we started. Basically, there there's 61 goalies who've played the equivalent of 10 games. Um, if you look at the expected save percentage based on where the shots are coming from, Alex Stalock should have the best save percentage in the league. Devin Dubnik should have the fifth best save percentage in the league. Just going on the quality of shots that have allowed. And this has always been true of the Wild. They've always been extremely good at preventing scoring chances. And you look at those numbers and you think, well, the Wild should be amazing. They're amazing defensively, but they haven't been because if you look at the difference between the expected save percentage and the actual save percentage, Devin Dubnik is the worst goalie in the league and Alex Stalock is the sixth worst goalie in the league. And Dubnik, it's explicable. His wife's having a lot of health problems. And so at at the very least, there's a reason for that. And Stalock's a backup goalie. So on the one hand, you can't exactly blame those guys for malfeasance or anything like that but on the other hand you can't look at the rest of the team and say well this is a time we need to get rid of the coach because the coach can't do anything we've talked a lot on this podcast about how goaltending is voodoo and hockey is goaltending and therefore hockey is voodoo and so if you're not getting good goaltending there's not much that Bruce Boudreau can do unless he's going to learn to play goal so in some ways I'm just I'm averse to the idea that they're blaming Bruce Boudreau for this because I think Boudreau is a really good coach. They, everybody knows that they don't have good goaltending. Everybody good, knows that they don't have depth at the center position. Eric Stahl has been terrible. Miko Koivu has been worse and got demoted to the fourth line and has pretty much stayed there. 
they they just don't have that talent, and yet they're still kind of in the playoff race. And I feel like you have to give Boudreaux credit for that because I think he's a really good coach, and I, I think he's probably the best coach a Wild have ever had. And so to get rid of him right now just to make a statement of some kind doesn't seem to make any sense to me. So that's seven solid minutes of me talking, and that's all I got to say. John, reactions. That's Doctor Crease, Mister Puck, Doctor Crease. That's not enough. What John. do you have to say? You know what I'm going to ask you to do next. Oh, do I have to pretend to be Bruce Boudreaux's mom? John, you don't have to be Bruce Boudreaux's mom. You need to be Bill Garen. Bill Garen's mom. Bill Garen's mom. Explain to me why, why your why your sweet boy fired beloved Bruce Boudreaux. Is there well, any way that makes sense? My guess, maybe the, maybe he thinks Boudreaux is too good and he wants to tank for a pick. Huh? Well, it's it's certainly possible. I there were a lot of wild fans that at the start of the year when they lost seven of their first eight or whatever they the, the reaction was sort of well at least they finally will pick in the top five of the draft because. That is the shortest route to having high-end talent, and the the Wild have simply been not good enough to contend for a championship, but consistently picking, like, 17th in the first round. So there were certainly a number of people who thought, finally, they'll get some kind of elite prospect that they're looking for, and then they turned it around because the Wild always turn it around, and they're headed for another 12th pick or something like that, which is fine, but not you're not going to get a guaranteed game breaker at that level. And so if he's tanking, that's one thing, but it's not like he's sold the, sold everybody that he can sell. They kind of did that last year and the wild are still where they are. They just, as we've said again, every episode since the first one, they don't really have the ability to tank because all of their veteran players have no trade clauses in their contracts. So they can't get rid of them. Ah, <sighs> John. So if I'm uh, if I'm he's trying almost, to explain he's Bill Guerin, ten minutes. He's almost ten minutes, I, Brandon. Let him go. I don't hate Bill Guerin, and I I understand the desire to bring in your own guy, but that would have made more sense to me if Gerard Gallant or whoever Bill Guerin's guy is. I don't know for sure who that guy is, but it would have made more sense if they said, "All right, he got fired earlier this year, therefore we're going to take this opportunity." Garen to hire the guy he wants but that's not what he did he just promoted the assistant coach to interim coach the assistant coach who was actually Paul Fenton's guy who Fenton forced forced onto Boudreaux's staff and then last year tried to fire Boudreaux three or four times and replace him with Dean Evenson who's their current coach and uh, Craig Leopold the owner wouldn't let him do it any of those times so at this point I just I don't know what the plan is and we've said a million times on on this podcast about all of the teams in town, not just the Wild. It doesn't. We don't necessarily. We don't necessarily care what the plan is. We just want to know that there is a plan. And right now, it doesn't seem like there is a plan. It's the number one sportive rule with the ball. Yeah. I don't care if it's a shitty one. I just want to know what it is. Right. So that's my wild stemwinder. I don't understand why you fire Boost Boudreaux. He was. Definitely my favorite, and I think also the best coach the Wild have ever had. I think he's one of the best coaches that any NHL team has had, and I think you can prove that 
by looking at how terrible the Wilds' goaltending has been, looking at how poorly their centers have played, and looking at how the Wilds still have managed to stay within touching distance of the playoff race. More talented teams are doing more poorly than the Wild are this year. And I think that's about the nicest thing you can say about Boudreaux. Is there a possibility that Garen has some sort of stylistic point of view of a different type he wants to play and Boudreaux was just like, yeah, that's not for me. I'm not going to want to do that. Well, I was was thinking about that a little bit, but obviously I am not enough of a hockey tactical mind to know. Oh, I know, John. Dr. Kreese knows. You just don't have it. Dr. Kreese and Mr. Puck are here to talk about. Maybe there are guys, maybe there is some sort of style, some sort of different four check set plays, whatever that Garen felt like he was not seeing from Brudeau, the kind of tactical sophistication. But ultimately, hockey seems a lot like basketball to me in that whatever you might talk about from a, from that tactical standpoint, in basketball, for the longest time, it was all talk about the triangle offense and how people you wanted people who were triangle mavens or whatever. But ultimately, basketball comes down to who has better players, and I think hockey is the same way. It's possible that they uh, Garen's a fire wagon guy, Momo fire wagon. <laughs> yeah, it's possible that Garen hated all this defense and wants the Wild to try to win every game nine to five. Uh, I'm all right with that. That was that was that was more possible twenty years ago in hockey when goaltenders weren't allowed to fall off their feet at all because they couldn't get back up again. It was really a different league back in about nineteen eighty seven. You look at the look at old YouTube videos of games from the late eighties and you realize, man, there are a lot of guys on the ice right now that are just not very good at skating. Yeah, that is weird. Was it more fun that then or not? Well, Yes and no. I think the skill level of the players is vastly beyond what it was then, but there sure was more scoring. There was also a hell of a lot more random fighting. If you like random fighting, the 1980s NHL was for you. No, stupid. Don't like it. Hmm. Uh, so, So right now they're out of the playoffs, right? Right now they are not in the playoff picture. And I don't, I honestly don't think they're going to get there. They, there, there's a lot of talk about how they're five points back or seven points back or whatever it happens to be. But given the number of teams that are between them and a playoff spot, it's, it's more like they would have to win 90% of their games the rest of the way, it seems like. And that's not going to happen. Okay. Well, then I know I'm just a rube, but like they should be tanking, right? Can they tank? Well, like putting Staylock in there. I, <laughs> I, no. you can't, ta- you can't tank by putting a different goaltender in there because they already are doing that. Okay, okay. By playing either of their goalies, they're not doing as well as maybe they could, but they don't have another option. They, they got rid of their good coach. They got rid of their good player. I like this. What about Miku Koivu, first line center? Can interest you? Uh, <laughs> that would. That would be helpful in the sense that they would never score a goal again, but Koivu's a pretty good defensive center, so they also would never give up another goal. So I don't know what to tell you. Right, 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 right. Okay, so uh, this seems like uh, almost all bad news. 
yep, it's it's pretty much all bad news. They do have a couple of young guys that I really have in, enjoyed watching, and I'm hopeful that can get better. But we had a round of that with the generation of Charlie Coyle and Mikhail Gromland and Nino Niederreiter and Jason Zucker, and now every one of those guys have gotten traded. So I'm I'm not ready to give my heart away to. Kevin Fiala and Ryan Donato and this generation of young guys. Now you said that they got a first round draft pick. They did from the Penguins. That's usually yep. good, but are the Penguins good? Because then who gets well, the shit? The pick if the Penguins somehow miss the playoffs, they the Penguins keep their pick. So it's not going to be a top fourteen pick or whatever that is. Ah. It's. If they're lucky, it'll be somewhere in the high teens. And then we'll have, so we'll have like the 12th pick and the 19th pick. Yeah, I I think the best case scenario is something like 10th and 18th. This isn't going to do at all. None of this is good. It feels like more purgatory. It's certainly (laughs) possible to get valuable pieces at, at those with those picks in the draft, you just have to draft well. And the other thing they have going for them is they have a Russian guy named Kirill Kaprizov probably coming over next year. And part of the reason they were going to trade Zucker was they were looking at their roster and saying, we got to get this guy some kind of space to play wing on the top couple of lines. So they felt like Zucker was expendable because they have that kind of top-level talent coming in from the Russian League. So everyone's pretty excited about him. Okay. All right. I th- I think he's I think it's generally agreed he's been the best player in the Russian league this year. So That sounds promising, John. That is promising. Okay. All right, we're back. And uh I think the thing that matters the most is the job that Bill Guerin does, right? Yep. I ultimately a lot is going to depend on how he drafts and how he signs and how he deals with the expansion draft that's coming up, and how he manages the relative decline of some of his veteran players. Did you just say expansion draft? Yep, there's expansion draft coming in a year and a half. Seattle is joining again. Seattle's joining the NHL. You're telling me there's too much talent right now? Uh, Not on the Wild, but maybe on some other teams. Wow. Wow. How many teams are there going to be at that point? That'll be 31 NHL teams. Oh, wow. Never change, NHL. You keep me young. All right. This is actually, I, I want to ask you this question, Brandon, because you're Poochie. And mm-hmm. you know all about the youngsters and all yeah. about what's cool and okay. what people like. Don't so I me. want you to tell me what you think of this rumored name for... The Seattle hockey team. Are you ready? Yes. The Seattle Kraken. Pardon me. The Seattle Kraken, like the as like in the release the Kraken, as in release the Kraken, the mythical beast, a mythical beast. I am in on the Kraken. I like you're that. in on the Kraken. Oh crap! <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy, which I like. It does definitely sound like a rollerblade league team name. Yeah, not even like a roller hockey team. Like yeah. the name of an ultimate frisbee team, not in an ultimate frisbee league, 
that's national. The, it, the name you would name your intramural ultimate frisbee team. It's the name of if I let my eight year old choose their team name, and they right. have been really into gaming recently or YouTube. Someone would have said that. Um, yeah. I'm here for the. I'm here for the chaos, John. <sighs> Dang it. I was hoping you would say that would never play with the kids, and therefore it'll never happen. I think for the most the... part, the uh, most other names are just. I don't. Want, I don't need any more like lions. You know, like I don't need any more animals. I want some. I want some crazy shit happening. What if I told you? So my choice for the name of the team is the Seattle Metropolitans because. In 1917, the first American team to win the Stanley Cup was the Seattle Metropolitans. And I love old stuff. Oh, the kids love historical facts, John. Way yeah, to go. I know. Absolutely. You got it. See? You got your finger on the pulse. <sighs> <laughs> well, back in 19-whatever, you, you lost him at 19. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be the Kraken, isn't it? Release the Kraken, baby. Well, at least the Wild will no longer have the worst name in the NHL. I think the most important thing for all new teams, and this is getting back to when uh, Mr. Puck and Dr. Kreese, uh, it was just us two podcasting, um, and I think this was about the Wild, but maybe it was about a different sport um, or a different team. Uh, more important than the team name is a team song. <laughs> What would the team song be for the Seattle Kraken? I don't know. I have to assume it's gonna. It's got to be something. What's the most likable sing along like Seattle grunge Pearl Jam? I've Soundgarden. This is this is Stu. Come alive, Stu. Stu is finally in. We are twenty one minutes in. You finally gave me something I can talk about. Um, I think it should be Peaches by the President of the United States of America. <laughs> oh, that is perfect. It's Millions so dumb. of Peaches. Peaches It's so, so catchy. It's so dumb. Yeah. It's so hey, catchy. look out. Yes. The kids will love it. And then they can throw peaches on the ice. Oh, and the kids love the peach emoji. There's just so yeah. much goodness. Why a, are we not it's hired as consultants? Yeah. Why would you not just name the team the Seattle Peaches? Better. 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 Is there any reason that is No, I mean it doesn't really matter. Who cares? They're the Seattle Peaches. Can we just call them Except that? Except instead of the Peaches, they're actually just the Peach emoji. Yes. And they do don't know. actually have a team name. It's an emoji. The first major league team named after an emoji. And the goalie for the 1917 Seattle Metropolitans? The Georgia Peach himself, Ty Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It, it all is. fits. It all works out. But I do it think that's fits. way more important than anything else. <clears throat> what did we decide was going to be the Wilds team song? Oh, uh, Don't You Want Me. Right? <laughs> By the Human League? By the Human League? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and it didn't take. And that's bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, I think stupid. I think I've talked about this before on this podcast, but I'm going to do it again. Uh, a million years ago, Spencer Hall of now, um, I guess Banner he's still Society. SB Nation fame. Yeah, Banner Society, that's correct. Incredible a million years ago, he recorded a parody of Don't You Want Me about 
the possibility of Nick Saban going to LSU. And for some reason, my brain latched onto that parody, and I still remember every single one of the words. And so when that song comes on the radio or is played in any setting, if I'm in the car and no one is around, I'm singing at the top of my lugs, lungs. If other people are around, I'm just singing quietly the words to Spencer Hall's parody of this. It's gone from the internet. I've tried to find it, and I can't find it. Um, but maybe someday I'll record it again because the words make no sense now. It's just, it's utterly one of those internet things that I remember that no one else seems to remember. And we all have those internet things now. Spencer Hall is very well liked. I think if you re-recorded it, you'd get, it'd do numbers. I'm going to have to, all right, here we go. I got a lot of work with. Stu, do you know how to play the guitar? Nope. Piper does, though. Mm. Piper does? All right. Nice. We're going to get Piper. I'm going to get a synthesizer. Got a lot of keyboard work to, to work on, and we're going to do this. Someday well, we should Wade. write down all Doesn't of our. Uh... Oh, yeah, our Wade. Our fact checker. Our fact checker. Oh, that's right. Bass. Let's just have Wade do this. Yeah, he's probably right, already Wade. started. You already yeah, opened I'm gonna up the band. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send him an email with the lyrics. And tell him not to look Some... up the Ty Cobb thing, just to take it on faith. <laughs> Sometimes trust is important, Wade. Yeah. Um, motion to add to our sportive rules uh, okay. that every team needs to have a song. That should just be a thing. Uh, motion well, yeah. seconded, carried without a vote. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I don't know why that's like such a such a weird thing because the wild don't have anything right they used to have like the prince thing for just for scoring but there really wasn't like a not many teams well, have that they still have their state of hockey song Ugh. which which is awful so bad it's like it it's offensive it steals tennessee's honor for one it sure <laughs> <does>. <laughs> yeah uh. They talk about the center of the hockey universe. It's really Murfreesboro. (laughs) (laughs) Middle Tennessee State, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Well, all right. That's all of my wild talk. We got through almost a half hour. Now we can talk about sports that people like. Uh, Not so fast. I think Brandon wanted to talk about the Wolves. Oh, okay. Mm. (laughs) Let's talk about the Wolves. Then we can get on to something people like. Well, I don't think so, we've actually discussed the uh, the uh, insane miracle that happened. It's true. Last time we did a podcast, we talked about how the Timberwolves couldn't make any more trades and how the Twins were... I can't remember what we said about the Twins, but literally 12 hours later, our whole podcast was obsolete because everything we talked about was not happening. Yeah, that was a wild one. Um, I was at lunch, and my buddy texted me and said, "Hey, we got we got rid of Wiggins." And I didn't have. I was in the middle of a thing. I didn't have time to do anything besides just typing him and say, "What did we attach, or what else did we give up, or something?" He said, "And a first. And I was like, "Sweet, good trip." <laughs> All right, that's. And fine. then I went back to my lunch, and then I found out like an hour and a half later that we actually got D'Angelo Russell back. I was happy with the trade when it was just we got rid of Wiggins and a first. <laughs> that was good to me. So um, I think we need to throw a parade. There just needs to be a full-on parade. That's how much I 
I hope I speak for anybody who's watched more than 10 minutes of the Wolves. That's how much we hated watching Andrew Wiggins. That D'Angelo oh. is a bonus to this. It was it was a novel experience to turn on the Wolves Clippers game that I think came a day or two after that trade mm-hmm. because it was like I had been in a coma and I'd suddenly woken up after about three years and the Wolves had an entirely different team because in the span of about four days they really did end up with an entirely different team. I think I think the stat was Gilda Radner got here last summer, right? I'm not making that up. Yes. He's been here nine months, six months. Yeah, the Timberwolves are down to two guys who were on the roster when he got here. That Josh Okogie, grizzled vet, second year player, Josh Okogie, Okogie, and Carl Anthony Towns, and that's it. That's it. That's all the people who Gilda Radner has kept from when he got here. He had like a keeper league fantasy draft, and he got to keep two right. guys, and just went nuts for the rest of them. It's it was just it was so strange. Turning uh, James Johnson's ripping it up. Malik, I almost said Malik Seeley, but Malik Beasley ripping go. it up. Who are these guys? Never, never heard them. Never seen them. Just learning to recognize them. It's yeah, like it it's like the summer league, but it's actually happening. Yeah, yep. It's uh, you know I. D'Angelo Russell is not the savior. And I th- am pretty sure that Gilda Radner knows that. You know, he's really been talking up, talking him up. Of course he is. He has to. That's exactly what you do as a GM. But he probably knows that this is not, like, the answer, and now we've got our two studs, and, and let's go. Like, D'Angelo Russell is fine. He's, he's better good. than average. I like uh, him a lot. And, uh, but the key to this is... We don't have to pay Andrew Wiggins, right? Anymore? Yeah, yeah. D'Angelo Russell is not on a max deal of any, any way, shape, or form. He's, he's a nice player. That's that's it. He adds something when he's out there. His teams are a little bit better deal. when he's on the floor. Not the opposite. Not worse. So that's good. It's all very good. Um. He's terrible at at defense. It's really, really it's, not good at defense. It's kind of amazing that the Timberwolves now have maybe the two worst defensive players in the league on the same team. And more than that, they're the two cornerstones of the franchise right now. Yes. Yep. Both very good offensively. Terrible defensively. They actually, the only other of the like all-star level or close players that you would argue is as bad as them defensively is their third best friend, Devin Booker, who plays in the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> These three have always been like, we are going to play together. We're the three guys. And it's like, one of you should get okay at defense. Just get okay <laughs> at it. Like, I don't know, draw straws, whatever you have to do to decide, like one of us is going to give a shit. Um, because right now, none of them do. So that dream of them playing together, I'm sure sounds very fun. Uh, but they're not going to do shit unless they learn what they're doing uh, defensively. So you remember when we were talking about how the NHL would be more fun if every game was nine to seven again? Imagine if Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell were on a team together. Every game would be one hundred and sixty-five to one hundred and forty-three. Yep, so fun. It would to be watch. unreal. 
Yeah. I remember and the David Thompson Nuggets, and that would be good for me. I would like that. Yes. And uh, it's the Timberwolves. So anything that's mildly entertaining to watch, we'll take that. That's the bar. Right. <laughs> We've had to put up with 35 years of Jim Peterson complaining about bad calls in 12-point losses. We'll take anything at this point. Yeah, the next few games, now Towns is out. And he's got some wrist problems, so that sucks. Uh, and there's, there's I think, under 30 games remaining uh, in the NBA. So we don't have a ton of time to see how this all plays out. But Towns and D'Lo are assigned for three more years. So we kind of know... Right. For the most part, uh, the top level of our team, um, most likely. But again, we just saw all but two players get traded, so who the hell knows what's going to happen. Um, right. I love that Gilda and uh, and uh, his uh, his crony um, are willing to do this sort of stuff. It just makes it more exciting. So I'm pumped about that. Um, but they really got to get this draft pick right this year because Culver... <sighs> Your guy. My guy Culver, not looking like a cornerstone, and they don't have their pick next year because of Wiggins. So this is kind of the this is kind of a big one. So I'm sure they're gonna tank like crazy um for a while now, which is, you know, makes sense. I it was kind of fun funny that the Warriors wanted they wanted this year's first round pick and eventually accepted next year's first round pick. And you have to imagine the discussion in that room going, well, it's the Timberwolves. The pick is always going to be a fine pick. There's we don't no really risk. need to worry about what year it is. It's Oh, the, you, you think they're going to get amazing next year? I'll, I'll take my chances. I'll take my chances. Yeah, exactly. That's a pretty easy... Easy, uh, easy bet to make. I, I also think it's just adorable that some Warriors fans right now have talked themselves into Andrew Wiggins because he had like two good games. Yep, I, I get it, Warriors fans. I understand what you're doing. I've been there. We've we did all it for five been straight there. years, five, five years consecutive like, years. This year was another one. Every time we talked about the Wolves all off season, we talked about how Andrew Wiggins was killing them, and then. He had a couple good games at the start of the year, and on this podcast, I talked about how he finally figured it out, and he was finally figuring it out, and everything was going to be fine now. And I... Fool me 11 times, shame on me, I guess is what I'm saying. Get fooled, can't get fooled again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're not as hopeless as they have been... Uh, in many, many, many years. This is an above-average year for this awful franchise. Well, not on the court or playing no, games. But not as oh, far as actual gameplay goes. No. No. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Hope. There's a tiny bit of hope. Yeah. Always a little bit of hope. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 let's see, I've watched a game and a half. This year, the one game I watched all the way through was the first game after the trade, the where they set the three point record. Watched that with a friend of the show, Josh, and it was awesome. Um, yeah. And then it was before sometime over the the Christmas holidays. I watched it at Allery's with my coworker Connor, and I think we made him turn it halfway through to put a. Uh, there was a 
cornhole tournament on ESPN two that looked a little more interesting, and it was <laughs> the right decision. Yeah. So. Yep. Did I see somewhere that Allery's has changed to no longer be the same way it used to be? Yeah, that would have been probably from me. But yeah, it's they what, changed is that ownership. From you? Yeah. What is um, it classy now? It well, it's not as gross. It's not as depressing. Yeah, there's not the servers have clothes on now. Oh, uh, that is a big change. So, yeah. So it's 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 different now and the food is good and it's close to my place, so I, I enjoy going there every once in a while. So Yes, it's not it's not what it was. It's 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 much improved. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You can look people in the eye when you're there. <laughs> yes, you can. Um, Go ahead. Or, more importantly, you can tell people you went to Allery's and still look them in the eye. Correct. Yeah. Correct. You don't have to like. Oh, oh. Uh, my coworker really wanted to go there. He's a degenerate. Yeah, it's kind of. He weird. just got out of the military. Alone. It's weird. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Just supporting him. Yeah. <laughs> Went to an um, all boys school. It's just it's hard to explain. Yep. Behave in society. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Is that enough for? Well, I think the the other thing about this Wolves trade means that pretty much everyone is just sort of checked out until next year starts. Like yep. the NBA draft is the next thing anyone will say anything about. Yeah, most likely. I mean, if Towns was healthy and going to be playing right away, I do think you'd have a lot of people interested just to see like what this team looks like. But now he's right. going to be out for I don't even know how many games. Hopefully not many, but it's possible. So when that, when Towns and D'Lo are not both in in the game, yes, it's going to be very much like see you next year, right? I don't know. Yep. Fair. Yep. Okay. Astros. This scandal has been going on for months Boy. now, right? Is and it, it keeps getting it keeps metastasizing. Every day, yeah. a different player comes out and one-ups the last quote. I think yeah. today, wasn't it, it was like Nick Marcakis basically said he will kill the firstborn of every Astros player from the 2017 <laughs> team. It's I'm, I'm only 
marginally inflating that quote. He really was just he's he's coming. He after said he'd him rough him up. He'd rough yeah, up he's the coming after, so yeah, just he, He's got a he's got a sock full of quarters, a sawed off pool cue, and one thing on his mind. I mean, it's 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 and it's nuts. And it's guys who don't normally talk shit. I mean, I actually heard Mike a Mike Trout quote. I know Mike Trout, the blandest human anything. being alive, the best baseball player on earth, who is like makes Wayne Gretzky sound like Rush Limbaugh. I mean, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah. it, it's, it's, and I mean, I think it's, it, it touches on, like, the other players are legitimately pissed off um, that only, like, you know, managers and management got uh, punished for this, and none of the players did, and I, I assume that's, I mean, I know that sign stealing happens, it's part of the culture of the game, but Clearly not to this extent, and the players want blood. It's all just so confusing to me because we know baseball. We've been kind of complaining about the unwritten rules culture of baseball for forever, for a million years. Um, This is so out of character for baseball players. They don't do this shit. They don't talk shit about other guys other teams they're very much like we'll handle it in-house i don't want to talk about it there was not this sort of same bullshit that happened with like steroids or anything else it's just wild i did not see this coming i did not think that other people like you said the trouts of the world would actually do this cody bellinger was talking some shit and then carlos correa through the media told him to shut the fuck up (laughs) These are not like two random I, dudes. It's the MVP and like a potential MVP. I think the most amazing thing here is that you, you keep hearing pompous media members or people on baseball teams being like, oh man, this is bad for baseball. How everybody's really interested in baseball right now. Yeah. Oh man, hate that. I can't believe I can't believe this news story keeps going on that has more people paying attention to baseball and interested in watching games this year than at any time in the last fifty years. I can't believe this. This is so bad. Intrigue, drama. No, thank you. Yeah, it's I can't, on talk it, shows and Sports Center. Yuck, yucky. I mean, no, thank I you. remember. I remember when the Detroit Red Wings and the Colorado Avalanche were regularly having gang fights on the ice. <laughs> Nobody wanted to watch that. People nope. don't still talk about it as the end of a bygone era. I haven't seen literally ten articles about it probably this year. Nobody wants to talk about this kind of thing. Everybody thinks it's bad. Houston Astros games will all be on TV because we all want to see how many beanballs get thrown and yep. how many brawls there are. Terrible. This is terrible. This is bad for baseball. I don't know what to tell you. I Why mean, can't we go back to when nobody wanted to watch baseball? I mean, you guys, you know me. You know who I am, right? <laughs> I do. You're Poochie. You, you know exactly who I am. I'm a messy bitch who loves drama. <laughs> always. Always loves the drama. Messy bitch who always loves drama. And so it's not surprising that I think this shit's hilarious. Um, but I, so I can, I do, are you like, as a baseball fan, loving every second of it? Are you annoyed because it's the only thing people are talking about in regards to baseball really at all? 
I'm into it. I think it's I'm, funny. I'm loving it, not because I think it's funny, but because I think the Astros need to be punished for what they did, and this is the only possible satisfying form of punishment is for them to be widely mocked and shunned. It's what it's what everybody wanted to happen to the Patriots and then didn't really happen because there were all these people who were willing to carry water for Bill Belichick who were like, man, this isn't cheating, this actual cheating that the Patriots did. All of this against the rules stuff that for some reason they're getting away with. Uh, this is this is just the the mark of a organization that knows how to win. Blah 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 blah. This has been great because it's been universally condemning the Astros, and there's been a lot of talk about taking away their World Series title or suspending people. And I don't know about taking away their title. I I wish they would, but I know that like vacated Heisman trophies and NCAA stuff. It's never as satisfying as you want it to be because. Ultimately, you can vacate the title, but you can't take away people's memories. And as far as the punishing the players, I think it's a great idea, but the commissioner already promised them Im- immunity or whatever. So I don't think he's that's worried about the either. labor strike, right? I mean, he's right. That's what, at least what I've heard. Like he's not really he's powerless against it because of all that. But yeah, I don't I, think I he love... can vacate it. That seems a little that seems a little weird to me. I mean, we don't even know if it works. I'm sure it seems I'm, like it's helpful, but maybe, I mean, baseball players are, I say this as a baseball player, some of the dumbest human beings on the planet, they could have just royally fucked it up. Like, doesn't mean that their intentions <laughs> were any less shitty than they were, but we also don't know if it actually helped them win. I would assume it kind of did, I guess. I, well, if I you know. know what pitch is coming, that really helps, doesn't it? But they're dumb. They could have fucked it up a bunch of times and like, well, sorry, I thought that was fastball. My bad. Um, I don't know. I mean, I but, think but, didn't but somebody show know, like, hey, here's what, all the- they know what pitch is coming. That's, yeah, but they like that's an that's an advantage. If you know the pitch that's coming, that if it's a changeup or a fastball, that that helps. As, as several as it several people very have pointed helpful. out, it's a well-established spring training rule when people are taking live batting practice. If you tell the guys what pitch is coming, you have to have the L screen in front of you because otherwise you'll, you'll die. die. You'll die immediately. Um, yeah. Nobody died, obviously, so it, it couldn't have been that easy. I also don't know what their record was when they had, like, didn't they show, like... Well, they uh, won the World Series, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, they were, but they, they were weren't doing one at it. home. They were eight they, and one at home, right? But they were doing it all for two years, right? And I don't think it was like constantly. At least from the stuff that I saw from that dude who did the analysis, they didn't necessarily go like eight hundred in those games, right? So I don't know. I just don't know if it's very obvious that it's like worked really that obviously well because they stopped doing it and they were still pretty awesome last year, right? That doesn't right. really matter, though. I mean, the point, the intentions of it were shitty, whether it worked or not. Um, so, I don't know. I just, I, I'm really going to enjoy the Astros being hated by every other team and every other fan base. In a way, they're going to be unpopular in a way that baseball players haven't been unpopular since 
the Georgia Peach Ty Cobb quit hockey and focused all his energy on baseball. We got two Ty Cobb references in 45 minutes. Nice. Nice. Yeah, plus this is just going to be like the Astros thing. Like, I don't think uh, our our guy Welcome to Marwin's going to get plunked at all. But some do, some new guy on the Astros is going to get hit in the back. And he's like, what the f- I wasn't even around. <laughs> Leave me alone. Guys, I, look at my baseball card. I had nothing to do with this. I just got on the team. But it's just going to be the Astros. And, yeah, fuck those guys. That's insane. Yeah. I think, like, what's the next thing, though, right? I mean, the thing that's ang- – the thing that people are angry about is not stealing signs. Uh, people have been stealing signs, as we said. It's it's part of the unwritten rules of the game from the beginning of time. They did it in a way that no one else knew was even like possible. So that's what that's the problem. Like I didn't know that we were well putting guy people. Putting, I I think the idea that people didn't even know it was possible is kind of ridiculous because ever since center field cameras have been introduced, people have thought well. We might be able to use that to steal signs, but of course, we're not going to just have somebody watching on TV and then hitting a trash can. That would be ridiculous. You'd get caught doing that. And the Astros are like, no, 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 we're way smarter. We're going to put the TV right behind the dugout so that everyone can see it if they walk through there. Right. That way, we'll definitely get caught. But now I think it's like now been established of and and it's it's funny now you you see all these old news reports that some guys have been you know they used to be in like in eighteen ninety there was some team that had some guy with binoculars out in the in center field who would make some weird noise, you know this has been happening for a million years, but that now it tuber- feels like that was just tuberculosis, Brandon, they were dying from tuberculosis that's <laughs> the noise they were making it was blood in their throat. <laughs> Uh, Two gurgles means a curveball. It's it's obvious now that it's like it's out in the open and technology. Like no one is going to trust any other teams from now on, right? This is just like the start of no trusting anybody ever. They're going to have to like mix up their signs and have insanely complicated whatever just to say fastball inside starting now. And as mentioned, baseball players, I am one of them some of the dumbest human beings on the planet. So I expect a lot more cross-ups happening on like a three-in-one count and the umpire gets hit in the face. Just be prepared for that next year. Like that weird shit's going to go down because they're all going to overreact, not even overreact. They're going to correctly react to like, oh shit, there's somebody in this stadium looking at the catcher's signs. That's just like, we should just know that that going into it. Whereas in the past years, as you said, like they should have known that that was probably going to happen, but... It wasn't really known. So it'll be interesting to see like how complicated all this shit gets. Yeah. I think this will somehow end up with baseball coming up with the dumbest possible solution, like banning signs between the catcher and the pitcher and just trying to make the catcher catch whatever's coming. Earpieces. Yep. Earpieces will be happening. Radio helmet. Radio helmet. I like that. Yeah, I don't know. For right now, I'm. I think it's kind of funny. I love that there's personalities kind of coming out and and all that. I I can see just getting annoyed with it after a while, but I'm not there yet. I like it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. All right, you want to move on? All right, you ready to fix some sports? 
Yeah, the next uh, the next segment is what we like to call sports fixers, and I would say that we are probably America's number one best podcast for suggesting sports fixes. Right, we suggest more sports fixes per episode <laughs> than any other podcast. Yeah, I mean, there Elizabeth may be Warren, some. Elizabeth Warren has plans. We have sport fixes. I've got a fix for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we of course invented uh, rocket skates. Mm-hmm. Yep, we and invented ho- power plays where the defenders have to play with their sticks upside down. Upside down sticks, hockey innings. It's mostly hockey been hockey innings. now that I think about it. Um, Chicken fingers tried to encourage more fighting in basketball, but you get points if you punch somebody. I don't know. That was points for punching. Points yep, for punching. That was yeah. one of our fixes. We fixed football a number of times. Yeah, no more kicking. I think that was one of ours. Yep. Stupid. I, th- um, I think the XFL has taken a couple of our ideas. I really do. Oh yeah, I haven't watched the XFL. Ha- Stu, tell me you have not been watching the XFL. Tell me you have, have better things no, to do with your life. I have not. I have not been watching the XFL, John. But I think oh, there. I, I, I've, heard, I've heard tell some of their innovations may be called brandovations, if you know what I mean. The XFL has replaced the Pro Bowl of the thing in my book that is just if you're watching that then you need you need to do better. Yeah, I'm hmm. I think I go the other way here. I, I want it to succeed. I want there okay. to be two not because I like football so much, I want there to always be a league just trying out some crazy new shit. It's interesting. Right. right? Unless it's, but I was at a bar and I was it was it was on the TV and from the four plays I saw from the bar it kind of just looked like football to me. Right, that wasn't quite as fun. I want to do a football I, league where uh, you get two forward passes per play. See what what we really need as sports fixers. You just gonna what we really want is a league that is not only willing to try stuff but that we are allowed to change the rules as the game goes on just to see what happens. All right, yeah. this drive, you're going to get two forward passes every two play. Two forward passes. Let's see what that's like. Yeah, just let's like... see what happens. All right, this game, we're not going to have any kicking. Now the next game, you're not allowed to throw the ball forward. You're only allowed to kick it forward. It's his... What happens then? I think it should just be called, and there should every single major league team should have what we would call a backyard team. Right. And this is just like when we were kids. We just go, you know what? Fuck it. We lost some guys, and we now have to play four-on-four four football. What are the rules now? <laughs> now right. it's five-apple. It used to be three-apple. No, 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 no. Now it's got to be eight Mississippi. And so on. Every sport should have that. Yeah, we're going we're to start the Sports Fixers League. Another, we're just going to fix every sport. Another sport of rule. Every team yep. should have a, every league should have a backyard version. Right. Here we go. Well, speaking of that, um, one thing I just wanted to give a shout out to was the NBA. Uh, there's been a, a, a an idea kicking around the fringes of the basketball world, and you know me, I'm on the fringes. I'm a fringe guy. Right. On the I'm margins. A, you live life on the margins. I'm a messy bitch who loves the margins. Um, 
and they call it the Elam ending. Elam? Elam? John? I pronounce it like Elam in, because it was invented by former NFL kicker Jason Elam. Yeah, and you have mispronounced every single word you've said for 20 years, so it's probably Elam. 20 years. Going, actually, it's more like going on 35. So we'll Since just, I learned to talk. But I've because I'm your friend things. and I believe in solidarity, I'll call it the Elam uh, ending as well. So it's the Elam Wait, you ending. think it's Elam? I don't think it is. I basically just asked what you thought. And now and you're going the other the opposite. way. Yeah, yeah. But That's I'm going to have show solidarity and call it the Elon ending with you. Um, I appreciate that, Brandon. His point was the end of game, time left, foul, free throw. It's a bunch of bullshit, and it sucks, and there's a better way to do it. Uh, and getting back to the backyard thing, when you're a kid, you would never, if you were playing basketball, set some, someone set a timer for 60 minutes, and whoever is winning at the end of the 60 minutes. That's insane. You pick a score. Um, so he wanted to do that. His idea was, first stoppage of play, after four minutes, you had seven points to the winning team, and that's what you have to play up to. And that's that's it. It's that simple. And I loved it. As a sports fixture, as you know, I thought it sounded great. Um, and the one nice thing about basketball in, uh, in comparison to baseball, for example, and a bunch of other sports is, there isn't a whole lot of like tradition or history or caring about they're, they're not too precious about that shit um, so almost immediately one of the uh, minor league uh, one of the leagues uh, started using it the basketball tournaments the three on three tournament that's on um, in the summers and it was great it was awesome um, and so now this year they finally expanded it to the NBA all-star game and here is where I tell you that i failed in my duties i don't actually watch the game right so sorry um but i heard it was a big hit and i just wanted to give a quick shout out to to jason elam a kicker and a great strategist i'm very proud of you i'm in on the elam ending whenever they want to do it it makes so much sense it's a great example because it's the I just don't think a timed event uh, makes any sense for figuring out who's better. Like, let's pick a number and get to that number. And the best team didn't just run the clock out. It didn't have to watch a free throw shooting contest and a foul shooting contest. There's no strategy really involved with that. It's desperation and weird shit can happen. It's we're playing up to this score and uh, you got to get there. Sort of like what we say, the beauty of baseball. You can't run the clock out, right? Right. It's a favorite thing about, well, not the favorite thing, but a thing that people love about baseball. Like, you're always in it until it's over. Um, and so Would baseball it's, be better if you just played till seven? If you just said, we're going to play to seven every game? What if it happened in the first inning? <laughs> Boy, that's a short game right there. <laughs> that's great. We sure get to go home. It's game, still, still sunny. Um. Yeah, I mean, I just love the idea of playing up to a certain score, and that's yep. baseball or that's basketball. That's the way it's always been from when we were kids, from whenever else. Like that's that's the best way to do it. If we were playing yep. and making up our own rules, that's the way to do it. So, um, I think it's fun and exciting, and I uh, and I want to see it happen more. That's what do you think opinion. the chances are that the NBA actually? institutes that at some point do you think it's possible i do think it's possible 
I don't think it's going to happen soon. Um, I think it's going to have to be a few all-star games and a few, and the you know the basketball tournament um, and a couple other leagues and maybe uh, the G League tries it the Australian League whatever like it's gonna have to catch on in a right. lot of different and places for people to get it. Well, but and I think won't ratings have a lot to do with it if the ratings slide keeps happening if and attendance keeps sliding. I think yep. that might help quicken up that process. Toot sweet. It doesn't change the game at all, which is nice, right? Um, right. No. The rules aren't actually changed. It's just how we end the game. Um, so I love that part about it. Um, and, again, the best team will win. It doesn't make it a gimmick. Um, it just makes it more exciting. And it's it feels like a big tweak because it's an end-of-game sort of thing. But well, it actually is not well, really that big of a tweak. Yeah. They, they tested it and... Um, I forget what league, but it was like um, the team winning at the end of whatever still t- generally wins. Like there wasn't like a ton more comebacks um, to, you know, it's not like one of those sort of things where it's like, yeah, now shots are worth four in the last minute if you're losing or some bullshit like that. Well, um, I was, was going to just say a more radical tweak, uh, uh, pardon me, a more radical tweak was when they made shots from one part of the floor count more. That was a more radical tweak than this is. That was insane. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, it, it's not bad. It was, it's just kind of the game thing. Yeah. And it was not that long ago when dunking was banned. Yeah. Dunking was banned. Do you guys know this? Dunking got banned because Pat Riley got dunked on so hard uh, <laughs> by the team of black guys that his racist coach... Uh, went and had dunking be banned in college. Yeah, yes. like when Adolf Magic Rupp. Johnson was in college. Te- yeah, uh, dunking Texas was Western, banned. The current Texas El Paso just whipped the shit out of him. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a real thing that happened, kids. He got dunked on so hard, Adolf Rupp was like, no more. That is disrespectful. I We can't have that happen anymore. And he had so much clout, they're like, yeah. All right. You're right. Insane. Um, Bananas. So I don't know. I would love to see it happen uh, just because, again, it, 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 it would be a little bit more exciting at the end uh, without changing the actual complexion of the sport. Uh, so we'll see. But basketball is really the only sport I can think of right now. Unless, as you said, Stu, like if one of the other sports gets like really crazy with, uh, with ratings, who knows? Yeah, and hockey, I feel like, has for sure the shootout is in in the last like however many years that I can think of. That is the most insane thing to have ever happened. Just garbage. It's, it's yeah. It's just it seems to be it's the greatest thing that Gary Bettman I think has ever done in that it has made everyone hate him more, <laughs> and unity. nobody likes it. He was just looking for it's unity. It. It's just, I mean, if everyone is, I, I don't know anybody who likes it. I don't know casual hockey fans who like it. I know the diehards hate it to death. No, there isn't even like a, like a cool contrarian guy going, you know, coming out with like Nate Silver and that, um, I can't remember the other contrarian guy, but oh, Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell, Gladwell, there we go. Yeah. So, well, you know, actually, this is pretty great because, to, and it's just, no, no one's doing that. Everyone Nobody. hates it. 
It's, it's so a many. horrible thing that nobody likes, and they keep doing it because it's the NHL, baby. You know what I? You know what I would love more than anything with the NHL ties. I'd love if games just ended in a tie, and even better if there was no overtime. You know what? Game ends in a tie. That's fine. I'm fine with that. I'm an adult. I can accept that neither team won today. Yeah, I don't need to go children. home knowing who won or lost. Somebody, it was a tie. That's fine with me. I'm I'm smart enough to know whether a tie is a good result or a bad result for each team. Oh, you're playing at home against a bad team? Yeah, a tie was bad for you. You yeah. didn't want a tie. You were going to try to win. It's such a weird thing that <sighs> some people just don't understand ties. I don't. Yeah. It does yeah. make me appreciate the one NFL tie every season way more. Yeah. Yep. That's Especially because fun. every time it happens, there's one player who they manage to find and quote and say, I didn't know you could tie a game. Yeah. Didn't know right. about it. Yeah. It happens once a year, but there's always one player who's like, Yeah, I, I didn't realize that this was going to end in a tie. And then we all get to make fun of him for two days. It's great. Yes. Yes, I love it. Uh, the other thing that's a new sports fixer uh, proposal. Have you heard that they're trying to get rid of the NFL onside's kick? Is that a thing that's in the XFL? I thought. I thought they're. Well, I don't know anything about the XFL rules, but for a long time, people have suggested that instead of the onside kick where you just line people up and let them grab a chainsaw and just run directly at the other team. Instead of that, do like a 4th and 15 from your own 25 or something like that. Yes, exactly. That is what I have heard as well. And I love it. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah, it's that's the that same thing fine. Is, it's like it's the same sport. Uh, the odds are not going to change like crazy. It's not going to be all right. of a sudden you have a, a good degree. They did the math on it. They said, yeah, the odds of onside's kick is this, a 4th and 15 is that. But that's actually the, the second way is actually football. Uh why would we not do that yesterday? Yeah, that seems fine. Do it yeah. right now. Yep, exactly. So those are the sports fixes that we, the sports fixers, really like. And I know that our listeners, uh, there's a lot of commissioners, assistant commissioners, commissioner deputies, all those sort of things listening. So I thought it was kind of our responsibility to, uh, to put out, out on the record things that we really like for sports fixes. And we did it. And that's yep. great. Okay. Um, I am out of words. Well, if you don't mind, I've got another 37 minutes to talk about the wild. <laughs> Let's get right back into the wild. There's uh, 17 yep. things I forgot to mention. Now that we're done with all that, I've got a top 23 list of things the wild can do. Nope. I'm out of words, too. You don't but have this is good. There, there isn't 23 things, right? By tomorrow, the Wild will have traded everybody we talked about. They'll <laughs> traded every defenseman on the team. Yep. And this whole podcast will be obsolete again. It'll be great. That's fine. Yep, it's fine with me. Something's happening. You know, it's uh, life's a journey, not a de- destination. <laughs> That's right, motivational calendar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, well, let's call it a day then. All right. Okay, Sounds goodbye. good. The sportive. Later. Go Vikings. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.